Hey everyone, Darlene here, Amy's behind-the-scenes podcast ninja. Although I'm hoping that Amy, Mr. Smith, and I make the pod seem effortless, truth is, it takes a lot of effort to bring this show to you on a weekly basis. Now, don't get us wrong, we absolutely love doing it, but every once in a while, we simply need a week off, and that happens to be this week. Have no fear, Amy will be back along with Mr. Smith next week with a new episode all about what it takes to forgive others. You don't want to miss it. This week, we're airing an After Hours Members Podcast Community Favorite. One quick note before we start the show. Because this is a rebroadcast, any references to promotional items, workshops, or events have expired. Now, here is this week's Community Favorite. Episode 235, How to Stop Caring So Much What Others Think. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Happy New Year! Hey, junkies! Hey, what's up, audience? It is... 2018. Let's hope it is much better than 2017 and 2016. And I'm sure that it will be because all of you guys now have your awesome planner for the new year that we gifted you last week. That's right. If you did not listen to last week's episode, please be sure to do so. There is an entire process that is given to you on that episode to talk about how to craft goals for the new year that you actually accomplish and feel amazing about and all of that stuff. You will not regret it. You will not. And this week, we have a fabulous topic about not caring or starting to let go of caring so much what other people think. Mm. It's a heavy topic. This is it's a, a huge one. one. It's, this is definitely a big one. Before we jump into all the goodies today, we want to just give you a quick little heads up that there is a little bit of construction happening outside of our uh, complex. And there, because we are now are officially in North Carolina. We're official. We are official. Got our driver's license today. Yes, we got our driver's license. We now officially have a North Carolina resident. This is our first time recording the podcast in our new, quote, Joy Junkie Studios. Second, technically. Oh, well, we were at our temporary housing before. So we haven't recorded here yet. Oh, that's right. In this place in our That's new, true. Our You're new right. home. You're right. Yeah. And so it's it's just exciting to have a it little is. bit more stability and to connect with all of you guys. So just a heads up that if you hear some beeping in the background, beeping kind beep, of faintly beep, beep. in the background, that's what it is. And we're not having tech difficulties. All you people with big loads can back it up. Yeah, back it up. <laughs> that's what that's all about. And I believe that you may have a segment to kick us off. I do. We call it the... Would you rather? And this week's Would You Rather, I want to do something New Year's themed. Yep. 
So here it goes. Okay. Would you rather have to clean up after the New Year's Day festival or event in Times Square? Oh. Whoa, clean it up? Yeah, have to clean up Times Square after New Year's. By yourself. By yourself. Or have to deflate all of the balloons from the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade. Personally. (laughs) (laughs) I personally think that it would be a lot of fun to deflate those. Just being around those big balloons and, and deflating them. Yeah. Yeah. Watching balloons deflate is kind of fun. Like big well, ones, you know. I'm just thinking like it, it depends on what the process I mean, maybe we have to Google it and see what the process is like. But I'm thinking you open up some sort of latch <laughs> and then you jump on it kinda. Like you keep <laughs> you're keep <laughs> being able to jump on it and kind of like doubt it. roll it up a little bit slightly and then jump on it again and then roll I, yeah. for me it would be that one. Like an air mattress? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally like an air mattress. That's I think I would pick that. I think after probably like three of them, you'd be over it. Right. I wonder and there's how, how many. I don't know. How like, many do they have? There's probably 30. Let's let's Google it. Okay, so what did what did you find out? Okay, so according to Google, there were uh, 26 floats in the last parade. Were the floats different than balloons? Uh, 26 balloons. Oh, okay. There was 20, uh, 36 other novelty vehicles okay trikes and you know self-propelled cars and things like that okay but you there's 26 27 balloons okay and each one takes about 15 minutes to deflate which is not bad which is not bad and they do exactly what you would with a mattress they roll it out they roll it out <laughs> they lay on it and I was roll right. it up I was exactly right. how you would you i know i was like oh it has to be something technically crazy that they do no no they just lay on it and roll they unzip it unzips they let all the i wonder though is it like a crazy helium overload like do they oh my god i didn't think about that (laughs) do they stand right right in front of it lightheaded all day yeah oh my gosh well i definitely talk like a chipmunk i pick that one because we also found out that it only takes 15 minutes but who knows how big of a crew that typically is yeah right if you had to do it yourself right a lot longer plus there's 26 of them yeah, that's that'll add up. That'll so add take, up. That'll take a long day. Well, long day. I still think that I would pick that one. Me too. Although, okay. I mean, this is a long would you rather, but although I would also like to see what people left on the ground. Be kind of interesting to oh, see. Oh, that would be. Like you might find wallets and car keys and probably some shit you don't want to find. You, people you don't. Yeah, it's maybe New a York. needle or two. It's New York. Yeah, yeah. But. I think it'd be kind of interesting to see what trash was left behind. That's true. I'm still absolutely picking the balloons. Okay. For sure. That sounds like a blast. We would love to hear what you would rather. If you did not know, I have a very exclusive, inclusive Facebook group where we hang out as pod people. It's just over at thejoyjunkie.com slash club. That will redirect you right over to the Facebook group. And it is called The Joy Junkie Show After Hours. After Hours. That's right. Mr. Smith loves <laughs> to add that creep factor. And every Monday we talk about what you would rather. And it's really fun to hear everybody's rationale. So please come on over. We also have a bunch of coupon codes. I've created a resource vault for you. Tons of really amazing 
freebies in addition to the content here on the pod. So we'd love to have you in the club and hear what you would rather. You'll have to let us know your thoughts on that. But speaking of free, do you hear? I do. Is that a balloon? Is it? I don't think it's a balloon. No, it's an alert of some sort. An alert? We interrupt this broadcast of the Joy Junkie Show to bring you this urgent free shit alert. Repeat, this is a free shit alert. Yeah, a free shit alert. That's right. It was a free shit alert. I am so glad I really tuned into that. (laughs) It is time for another free workshop, and you are officially invited. If you would like in, all you have to do is go to thejoyjunkie.com slash register, and you will be in on the latest edition of three ways to immediately silence your inner shit talker. This is one of my absolute favorite online workshops to do. It is very different than how we operate the pod. So the pod is able to be consumed while you're cooking or doing your makeup or driving or something like that. Workshops are a lot more in-depth. You'll get a complete workbook. You'll have tons of homework to focus on for the week. It really is about implementable change. Here's what you're going to walk away with. We'll talk a lot about how to stop your inner shit talker dead in his or her tracks. Yeah. What this creates for you, the reason why this is even important, why do we even do any of this personal development work? I want you to imagine waking up feeling confident and proud of yourself. Or what about if you were able to say to somebody, no, I'm not available for your event and not feel fucking guilty about it. And then all your time is freed up to do shit you want to do, like go get mani-pedis or work on your business or instead of buying into this idea that you have to take care of everybody else. Feeling obligated, yeah. That's right. And most of that stuff begins with your self-talk. What you say to yourself about, oh no, I have to make sure I don't let this person down or they won't approve of me unless I go to their event or whatever Mm -hmm. lies you are bought into in your own mind. Those are the pieces that are arresting your happiness. We're going to dig into that at the workshop. We're also going to talk about how to stop sabotaging yourself with the need to be perfect. Any recovering (laughs) perfectionists out there? Get ready to get way more done, alleviate massive stress, and feel way fucking happier when you are able to let go of this need for perfection. It's a game changer. Nice. Sweet. You're in? You're going to go? I'm I'm in. Nice. Let's do this. Okay. Well, Mr. Smith's going to be there, so hello. That's an incentive. (laughs) And then finally, we're going to talk about how to craft mantras that don't feel like a big bullshit lie. I think a lot of times in personal development, we hear, oh, just speak kindly to yourself and all these affirmations. and, And a lot of the time, we feel like we're lying to ourselves and we can't buy into it. And then we don't continue to speak kindly to ourselves. All of that stuff will get shaken up, rerouted, and you will have tons of tools to start speaking to yourself in a lovely, kind, empowering voice. Be sure to cruise over to thejoyjunkie.com slash register, and you can grab your seat in the workshop. That's awesome. Yay. It's one of my favorites. So yeah, I don't fuck around when it comes to these. So be ready with your pen and paper. Kick everybody out of your office or your bedroom or whatever. Make this time sacred for you because we're going to get some serious shit handled. And it's fucking free. I was going to say, it's free. So come on. Speaking of caring so much about what other people think, this is one of those topics that is pretty rampant in my industry and something that I hear from a lot of students, a lot of audience members 
about the investment in how they are received from other people, whether it is family members. That's a huge trigger for most people. Yeah. What do my fa- What does my family think of me or my choices or my my spouse or whatever? There's also a huge investment in workplace or colleagues. How do I appear to other people? Mm. And it's really interesting because I think that we all resonate with different monikers, right? So there are some people who highly identify as I am a people pleaser. And you know the first thing I'm going to tell you is to stop claiming that, stop identifying as that. At least say I am working on relinquishing yeah. my people-pleasing behavior. Words or power, for sure. Exactly. And if you keep saying, I am a people-pleaser, you're likely going to continue that same behavior. So at least say, I'm a recovering people-pleaser. <laughs> but I find that there's other people who think, oh, no, I'm not. I'm not a people-pleaser at all. But I'm totally invested in what other people think. I totally care about what other people think. To me, they're extremely synonymous because yeah. – If you are so invested on over there, how things are landing over there, either information you are sharing with somebody or how somebody else perceives you and your actions or your behavior, you are concerned externally. It's making other people happy, concerned about their Mm well-being, their perception, and not at all a focus on, are you just fucking proud of who you are? Yeah. Are you pleased with your behavior? Do you think that you have been ill-intended or behaved from a place of malice? Hmm. But we don't usually do that. We don't check in with self. So we're going to talk a lot about that today. Okay. Instead of the alternative, which is constantly worrying about what everybody else is going to think about you and your decisions. Hmm. Okay. The first place to start is I want you to acknowledge, and this is huge, I want you to acknowledge that you cannot control other people. You are responsible for your intention, not your reception. Mm. I have said this many, many, many times on the pod, and I want to give you a very real world example of this. Just to really nail it home. Because what usually happens when we are so invested in what other people think is we will twist and contort and change our behavior or what we say or what we don't say in hopes that the other person will do, say, or feel something. Like we try to make them feel something. We try to control their perspective. And that is a beast because we can't. We absolutely cannot. Yet our self-talk often says, oh, there must be something else I can do. Or maybe if I say it this way. Or maybe if I pretend I like basketball. Or maybe if I don't tell my parents how I really feel about having children. Or all of these things, then maybe they will like me. Then maybe there won't be any awkward opposition or uncomfortable moment. Hmm. Right? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to give you an example. About a little over a year ago, I did a podcast episode about the Trump presidency. And obviously, it was a polarizing topic. Now, if you actually listened through to the entire episode, you'll know that 
it wasn't about chastising any one political party. It wasn't about telling anybody that they were wrong for believing what they believe. In fact, the whole thing was about how do we communicate with one another and connect even though we have differences of opinion? And what can you do to feel empowered in your own political stance, right? Yeah. So it was, I thought, a brilliant episode. I was really proud of it, and I was responsible for my intention. Now, the way that that episode was received was all across the board. I got a couple of people who Insta commented me and said, like, oh, you can't believe you did this. You've lost a listener. You've did that. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like, did you listen to the episode, though? Because I wasn't chastising anybody. I was, you know, and so I was like, okay, peace, bye. Obviously, you're not for me. And so there were some people who thought it was awful and felt extremely passionately about that. There was other people who were indifferent, didn't catch the episode, didn't care, weren't really politically minded, weren't affected by it, really. And then there was a whole other grouping of people who came at me and was like, thank you so much. We needed this so bad. I had no idea how to navigate the holidays. Thank you for doing this. Right. All over the board, though. The reception... All over the board. Sure. If I would have spun my wheels to try to make all those different people happy, even the indifferent people, if I would have been like, hey, what'd you think of the, hey, what'd you think about this episode? Is there anything I can do to help? Is there anything, you know, and like people pleased them into liking my content. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's again, trying to make somebody feel something that they are responsible for. I can't do that. All I can do, all I can do is check my intention. Am I happy with how I have shown up? Am I pleased with both my verbal and paraverbal, nonverbal skills? How my inflection of my voice is? Have I been snarky? Am I proud of who I am? So when I get connected back to that and I looked back at that episode, I could check that off and go, oh my gosh, no, I'm totally at peace with what I did. When I go internal, when I am the new barometer of success, if I let everybody else's opinion dictate the success, then I am, I have, first of all, I have zero power and I've set myself up for a task that is absolutely impossible. You cannot make everybody else happy. So true. And you never will. That's right. That is so incredibly true. The same is true for our decision not to have children. That reception has been all across the board. Yeah. People who applaud us, people who don't give two shits, people who think it's selfish and awful, all of that has nothing to do with me. I have to check in with how have I talked about this? Have I spoken about it and handled my boundaries in a way in which I'm proud. And that has evolved over the years. I used to be very combative about it and I wanted to fight. And now I just have a more powerful way to stand in that decision and deliver that regardless of how I'm received. Now that point of you are responsible for your intention, not your reception, really leads me to the second point of separating how you feel From what is actually your responsibility, you have to give yourself the permission to feel what you feel. This is what you feel the feels. You gotta feel the feels. This is what typically happens. I'll go back to the the Trump episode example. The minute that I see a scathing comment on my Instagram feed, I have an emotional response. Yeah. Right. I 
feel something. It's a human rep- response. Yeah. It doesn't feel good for somebody to come at me telling me I did something wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? That will likely never feel good. And that's okay because that means I am a feeling emotional human being. What typically happens for most of us in the middle of somebody criticizing or rejecting or not being happy with one of our decisions or behaviors is we immediately are so uncomfortable that they aren't happy with us that we do anything we can to make them happy. Yeah. We over-explain ourselves, we apologize, we get combative sometimes and get all worked up and want to kind of fight about it. We typically don't have a healthy response to it. Why? Because we're not taught to be with our emotions in this culture at all, but we are reactionary. So if we start to feel uncomfortable, we think, oh my God, this has to stop. Do I try to make them happy? Do I tell them to fuck off and I become combative? You know, and it's the fight versus the flight. flight? Mm -hmm. Exactly. But for our purposes today, I'm talking to the people who tend to try to appease, try to band-aid. Oh, shit, they're unhappy with me. And what I want you to do is I want you to start shifting the idea that just because somebody is unhappy with you and you have this momentary feeling of uncomfortable, oh, my God, this is uncomfortable, stop assuming you did something wrong. Stop assuming that Hmm. that person's thoughts and beliefs are more important and valid than your thoughts and beliefs. And in the tribe, in the major program that, that I teach twice a year, we talk about this at length because there is a very real issue of wanting to avoid that pain of somebody being unhappy with you. Hmm. But what you're doing in that moment is you are saying, oh, okay, what you want feel and need is more important than what I want feel and need. That's the subconscious message you're sending to yourself. Interesting. Okay. When, you, when you're constantly catering to that other person. Now, that does not mean that you cannot have compassion for somebody else. It doesn't mean you have to be an asshole. Another example, many years ago, I very kindly, very calmly told my mom that I don't believe in the religion I was raised in and that I actually find it offensive when she continues knowing that and continues to invite me to church. And I said, I'm sure that that is extremely challenging for you. And I can be, can very much understand that perspective for you. Please know it's not my intention to hurt you or to, you know, make you wrong or tell you you're awful. My intention really is is to take care of myself. And I truly hope you can respect that request and not invite me to church any longer. Sure. Right? Now, in that instance, will she be happy with that? Fuck no. She's not going to be happy with that. She's going to think I'm wrong. And that's still her responsibility. Mm-hmm. And even though it's her responsibility – Like, I don't need to make her happy. I can't. She's the only one who can make her happy. Even though all of that is transpiring, I can still be compassionate to how hard that might be for her. Yeah, which you voiced. That's right. right? And still not let that compassion 
be misconstrued as it's my responsibility to make her happy. Mm -hmm. That's what we typically do. We go, I feel bad. I want you to stop saying I feel bad. I want you to say, I feel compassion. I feel empathy. I can feel your perspective. I can understand your perspective. I can see your point of view. Stop saying I feel bad. What you're feeling is pretty much just uncomfortable. You're uncomfortable because you are at odds with somebody. Mm -hmm. And we are not taught to stick up for that in a kind, loving way, period. So the first piece, acknowledge that you cannot control other people. You are responsible for your intention, not your reception. Second, separate what you feel from what is actually your responsibility. Just because you're uncomfortable does not mean you did something wrong. And this is a huge piece of actually allowing yourself to be uncomfortable. We talk about that a lot in the tribe. We'll touch on it a little bit in the workshop. But oftentimes what happens when we are uncomfortable, we think somebody doesn't like us or they don't, we think we came off weird or we said something wrong. We think, oh my God, I can't be with this uncomfortable feeling. I got to change. I got to fix it. I got to fix it. That's why people turn to booze and they turn to uh, binging out on Netflix for like eight hours because they're with an uncomfortable emotion like grief or loneliness or sadness. Mm. We turn to vices because we don't want to feel that uncomfortable moment. If you can just unpack that moment instead of being reactionary, like, oh my God, let me make them happy. If you can just sit there and go, wait a minute, have I really done anything that I'm not proud of? You can separate what is your responsibility and what isn't. Hmm. You look like you've got some wheels turning. No, I'm just uh, processing it. Okay. And a part of me is like, yeah, but Netflix and wine is good. (laughs) (laughs) No, of course it is. Of course it is. And there, I I think I have another episode that I'm going to link in the show notes that talks a little bit more about that, like our self-sabotaging behaviors. And basically what that's about is moderation. And it's knowing if you are turning to those behaviors because you don't want to feel or process or deal with something. That is very different than blowing off some steam, needing it to relax, you know, and it sure. also is different when it becomes chronic mm-hmm. and habitual. So I'll link or to that. Eight hours. That's yeah, right. Right. I'm going to link to that in the show notes page. So they and I'll I'll do the the Trump episode as well. And I feel like there was one other one, but I'm sure I'll think about it. Oh, last week's episode. Number three. And this is kind of solidifying what we've been dancing around a little bit here. Create a new definition of success. The old paradigm that you are likely operating under is one in which success equals they approve of me. Success equals they like my choices. Success equals they think I'm valuable or lovable, witty, funny, whatever. We typically weigh how successful an incident is based off of how we are received. I want you to switch that and start going success equals, am I proud of me? Have I behaved in a way in which I am proud? Have I shown up in a way that feels powerful to me? A perfect example of this is if you dealt with seeing family at the holidays, or you're going into a situation where you're talking to a boss or a spouse or a best friend, and you're really invested in what they might think of you, Mm. 
we actually do a whole process of this uh, during one week of the tribe and unpack it quite a bit further. The idea is when you flash forward beyond that conversation, so let's say you know you're going to have that conversation tonight. When you wake up the next day, how do you want to feel about the person that you were? Are you proud of how you showed up despite how they may have received you? What do you want to say about the shit you can control? Now, that doesn't mean you don't want things to go your way. Of course. Just on a personal note, um, I've used this tool. Cool. But I find that when I wake up the next morning or, you know, I'm thinking about this and I, I snowball. I start thinking about all the things that happened and what I could have said and what I should have said and all of that. And then I just have to go, wait, do I feel good about the end result? Do I feel good about the way that I handled yourself. handle myself? Mm-hmm. And if you just take it down to that simplicity, it takes away that snowball. That's right. And it takes away that mind fuck that goes on all the time about, oh, should I have what I have, blah, blah, blah. Did you feel overall that you were who you wanted to be in that moment? That's right. And if you break it down to just that piece, that I find that personally that snowball stops. That's great. And I can have peace with the conversation say, you know what? Or I can go, ah, you know what? I need to clean it up. I fucked up right there. I, I, I shouldn't have said that or I should have said this. And then you go back and clean it up, like you say. But you do it based off of what you think. Yes. Not yes. based off of, oh, God, they misunderstood or they Absolutely. see me. Great, babe. That's yeah. so great. And that is that is the challenge, right? It's not that we're not going to be bummed out if our mom doesn't like our choices or our kid doesn't like our new partner we're dating or fill in the blank. It's not that that's not going to suck. That is going to suck. Yes. What you have to understand is that's not your responsibility to force the other person to believe something or see it your way, whatever. That is why it is twofold. It is looking at what am I responsible for? And that is how I conduct myself, how I handle myself so that I can say, yes, I am proud of Amy or I am proud of Mr. Smith. Right. Yes. I, you, you don't call yourself Mr. Smith. Do you? Uh, no, I don't. I call speak myself Smith. Do you call yourself Smiths or Smitty no, or anything? I don't speak in third person too often. You don't? No. Oh, I I do talk to myself. I call myself Smitty all the time. Yeah, Ken doesn't talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> so so what I was saying is it's about having that new definition of success being am I proud of me and that that second piece is allowing room to feel what you feel. It will always be our ideal that somebody will see it our way, agree with us, all of that. You're allowed to want that and you're allowed to feel whatever you feel, but that doesn't necessarily mean you are at fault or you need to go apologize for something you don't feel poorly about. Yeah. All right. Number four is a little mantra that I love and I've adopted from a colleague of mine. Her name is Brooke Castillo. I will also link to her in the show notes if you're interested. But she would always say, people pleasers are fucking liars. And I loved this idea so much because we think that putting everybody in front of ourselves, being so invested in what everybody else thinks, is somehow so valiant. In fact, I oftentimes will say, constantly putting people in front of yourself is poison disguised as nobility. Mm. 
We wow. don't typically think of people pleasers as being liars or being something negative. But when you think about it, if you are constantly twisting and, and shifting yourself in order to be something you are not so that people like you or you stifle your authenticity or your beliefs or your true self in order to be liked, you are a masquerading mess. You are <laughs> hiding who you really are. And I would also venture a guess that you want to attract authentic, honest people. So you need to be the person you want to attract, whether it is a soul tribe of, of friendships and community, or if it's a, a partner, you know, a soulmate, be the person you want to attract. Being a people pleaser or caring so much about what other people think is the antithesis of authenticity. That's right. It is about deciding, do I want to be who I am? And do I want to be honest about that and still come from a place of love and compassion and deliver that information in a beautiful, loving way? Or do I want to shapeshift for the rest of my life, hoping that people like what I present to them? Hmm. Mm -hmm. And that second option, you guys, which you have to get, is that that typically equals misery. How you feel chasing that affirmation, chasing that approval is typically so exhausting and empty. It is wildly more fulfilling to go, okay, yeah, my mom doesn't like my choices and I do like my choices. You know, mm -hmm. I have famously said on this pod that I have told my mom, I don't need you to approve of me because I approve of me. That is far different than how I used to be when yes. I would shapeshift and I would tell you, don't say these things, don't be this, don't do that, you know, don't let me really be seen for who I am. Mm -hmm. I need to hide it. At the sacrifice of self, that's the cost, my friends, is you hide you. And I would also go out on a limb saying that the richest friendships, the richest connections that you could possibly have in your life are those of reciprocity, are the people who are also authentic, who also express how they feel, and they do it in a loving, kind way, even if it's in opposition to you. Again, if you want more on this and you know that there's kind of that inner shit talker going off in your head about why you have to make these other people happy, come hang out with me on this workshop because we will definitely start shifting some of that perspective and belief that you've probably held for a good fucking 30, 40, 50 years maybe. Right? So it takes a little time to unpack. So be compassionate with yourself in your journey and jump over to thejoyjunkie.com slash register so you can be a part of this incredible class where you'll be with other like-minded people who are searching for the same goal. Yeah. We'll be in it together and we can all start relinquishing the people-pleasing moniker and <laughs> identifying as self-loving badasses. How about that? I let's like start it. identifying as that. And th that. Let's do that. Next time you want to say, I'm a people-pleaser, I want you to stop yourself and say, I am a self-loving badass. <laughs> I love it. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's or cool. whatever. Just stop calling yourself shit you don't want to be. Anyway. I'm a self-loving badass. That's right. Yeah. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Well, I think that's it for this week. Is there anything else you wanted to throw in the mix? Ah, uh, no. That's good. All right. Well, we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, 2017, out. Out.
nice.